Hey everyone, welcome to Girl Talk Unfiltered. My name is Amber Roche and I'm with my co-host, Kiana. And today we're diving very deep. We're going to talk about some real shit. Um, trigger warning, this podcast may be about trauma, sexual abuse, sexual traumas, and stuff that some people may not want to hear about. So if you are in a place where you cannot hear that, then skip this podcast. But if not, then this is definitely the podcast for you. Right. This is about healing when it comes to that situation. So yes, if it is for you, you might benefit from listening to this. Exactly. And also want to ask you guys, did you guys purchase my book on Amazon? It's called Falling by Amber Roche. It's priced at $9.99. Um, I put it lower price um, for people that truly don't have money like that. So $10 is not really bad. $10 is not bad. So that's a good price. You know, it's not going to break your pockets. Um, shit. It's less than gas money. So I hope that you guys will go out and purchase my book. It's beautiful um, and it talks about your experience, yes, everything. It's deep, it's realistic, it's loving, it's sweet. Um, some stuff in it is hard to read because it's, you know, it's sad. But most of all, it's relatable. It's my real feelings and I'm not faking it for nobody. And if you are a fan of poetry, you will definitely like this. Mm-hmm. Only $9.99, guys. That's not bad. That's it. Get it on Amazon. If you got Prime, it might come in two days. So yeah. you are charging them nine dollars, or are you charging them fifteen? It's it's nine ninety nine. It's nine ninety. That's exactly not a bad price. Nine ninety nine. That's not a bad price. It was twelve ninety nine when it first came out, but I put the price down a little bit to nine ninety nine. I think that's reasonable, especially for my first book. Um, that's definitely reasonable, especially for the amount of pages it is. It's about if you made it double the price. Like, how many pages is it? It's about 90 pages, so 92. Next time you do pages. a book, if you do, like, 180 pages, I would... I mean, you could charge, like, $15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Because this, this book didn't have many pages. But it's like, your first book, so yeah, it's, it's understandable. Yep. It's my first book. It will not... It will not... Mark my words. It will not be my last book. You guys will hear more from me. And... One day, I hope to become your favorite poet. Nope, you are not. You hope you are. Yeah, <laughs> not you. I'm hope, just saying, people are. that never listened to me or didn't read it yet or don't know much about me, I hope you do find some time to purchase it. I it's also available on Kindle. Um, it's also available on Amazon. If you're in the Connecticut area, it is available at Windsor Public library oh, to check exciting. it out that is very exciting so that must that. feel good to have your your stuff in the library huh yes it is yeah and there was a poem from the book that people did not like and i wouldn't say they didn't like it as in oh it was a horrible poem she's not talented no it was a poem they didn't like because it spoke the truth. It revealed some things that happened when I was younger mm -hmm. that no one really truly knew about. 
So I will read that poem later on. We're going to save the best for last. Okay. We're going to save the best for last. Just keep listening. We're going to save the best for last. But the poem, I'm going to give you guys the poem title. It's called If You Love Me. Oh, I know that poem. And that poem is powerful. I think I know it word for word. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's very powerful. Like, I can really picture myself um, reading that at an open mic, spoken word place. Um, I can really see that for myself. Um, Poem is really deep, heartfelt. Um, It's kind of sad. But at the same time, it's actually my experience. It's what happened. And as much as I want to read that poem to you guys right now, I feel like I should dive into the subject first First, and and then kind of... okay have you guys Reading waiting after. for it yeah I wait it's so like a too. surprise like a reward i think so get you a little snippet because y'all can go out and get the book you know and read some more there's some more poems in there but i'm gonna just read one poem out the book that you guys can listen to but you're going to talk about it first but i'm gonna talk about it first and so first of all i don't know really how to start this like i said this is girl talk unfiltered it don't even have to be a girl thing. Men can listen in. We said girl talk, but we're going to change our name. So We're going to change it, and that's going to be a surprise. And guys, if I'm talking and I sound a little bit like slurred, it's because I'm a little lit. So, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Do I sound slurred? It's Saturday. No one's working today. Am I Having slurring? Been... No. Oh, shit. So okay. the time, so. I done told on myself. Listen. So, I have to put, I'm glad I'm not sober because when I'm not sober talking about the subject it does something to my body yeah like it makes me feel extra anxious my heart starts pounding that's normal um I start really diving deep into my feelings and it hurts and I don't like to feel that pain um I've already processed that pain so kind of re going over the trauma can really um, do something on me. But I feel like there is several people out there that can relate to me, especially kids, you know, or adults or teenagers can really relate to me. Like, and I don't know how it started. Um, I just remember, I'm just going to go by what I remember. I just remember being in, I would say, elementary school, about fifth grade, going into sixth grade, and feeling depressed. I didn't know what the depression was about. It just was a sad feeling, a sense of loneliness, a sense of um, emptiness. And it's a feeling that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Um, I didn't know what triggered it at all. You know, I was young. Um, I didn't know how to process then. You the know, depression? Yeah, like I didn't know it was even called depression. I can relate to that. I felt something, and I'm like, I need to speak to somebody because I feel a feeling inside of me. At least you knew this well. Exactly. Mm, not the right person. Well, but, but um, I wish during that time I had a therapist. I wish I had a therapist because that's probably what I really would have needed it. I think I had a social worker, but a social worker and a therapist is a little bit different. Not the same. Social worker can help you. But a therapist is a little bit more um, experienced, more equipped. That's just my opinion. I believe you, though. Yeah. Yeah, So 
it all started with that. And I have some bad memory. I can just tell you guys what I can remember. But I remember confiding in this person. Not going to say any names because I'm not trying to get sued for defamation. You won't get sued. Um, I know I'm not, but but I'm not saying they're not worth it. But it was basically someone um, at a church I went to, someone higher up that owned a church um, in a basement. And I confided in the person because I had no one else to really speak to. I had family in my life, parents in my life, had a great childhood overall, like really had a great childhood overall. Mm -hmm. And it was just some sense of loneliness. I just couldn't put my finger on. And I had some feelings for women, like girls. I had a feelings for girls. What age? I started having feelings for girls since elementary school. Okay. Like, when I would play house with my friends, I would end up being the father or the uncle. I know this is off topic, but who initiated the house shit? I'm just curious. That's a great question. Because I, I think know... it was a mutual. Okay. Cause it I was will a, say that. It was, was initiated to me from something else. So, like, when I hear house, I automatically think, like, pervert alert, older pervert. You know, when I hear the word house, that's what I think of. I know. People do think that, like. I mean, it's true. That so, is where most of it comes in. So that's in. why I ask. Like, like a lot of young people, they yeah. kind of get tricked into house sexual things by yeah. playing house. That's mm-hmm. how they innocently. I, right. It's like it, it comes off as innocent, but actually, it's really not. It's wicked. I try. I'm trying not to get off subject, but I'm just gonna go a little bit off subject. Keep your what you're saying, but. I know somebody who introduced me to house and I noticed they introduced me to house from somebody else that introduced them. That was a fucking 30 year old at the time. At the time I might've been nine and we were both the same age and they introduced me to house. And then in my head, I'm like, where the fuck she get this house game from? This is weird. That's what I was saying in my head. Come to find out I meet the person and they talk about, Oh yeah. So-and-so taught me all about this game called House. And in my head, I'm like, hmm, figures. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But as a child, you don't think about it like that. But I've kind of always been smart. So even as a child, I knew some shit was weird. I was Mm -hmm. like, in my head, I'm like, why the fuck is this old-ass person telling this nine-year-old about a goddamn game that is a secret? That's weird. Like, I I knew it was weird in my head. But go back on subject. But when I hear House, that's what I think of. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So basically, I confined it in a higher up in the church um, about my sexuality. Um, so I grew up in a church that was very strict, um, Pentecostal, apostolic religion. They didn't believe in wearing pants. They didn't believe in jewel- wearing jewelry. Um, they didn't wear. They didn't believe in tattoos, makeup, lipstick, none of that shit. Cursing. They didn't even. I don't even think they believed in wearing bathing suits or going swimming. I don't. I don't. Or something like that. They didn't believe in something like that. But it was just so much rules. It sounds like a freaking cult. Make sure we save some for tomorrow too. Um. But it was so bad. That it traumatizes me to this day. I'm doing better now, honestly. I'm 28 years old. I'm grown. But stuff that happened when you were like 11 or 12, 
it will always be in the back of your head. So I confide in this person about my sexuality. And they tried to get me out of being gay by um, trying to pray it out of me, trying to have me pray it out of myself, um, told me to keep on calling God's name to take every thought out of my mind that would be related to girls or anything of that sort. And I will say it worked. I thought it worked. But at the same time, it felt like torture because why am I reciting something over and over just to get a person or a thing or a situation out of my head? It kind of seems like ridiculous, you know, especially as a kid. As a kid, you should love who you want to love. You can't help it. Sometimes you're, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. And I just feel like the conversations that were had with me, this person, um, was very inappropriate. You know, oh, you're too beautiful to be gay. You're too pretty to be gay. Oh, if you're gay, your life is not going to be successful. If you're gay, you're not going to be prosperous. If you're gay, your family would disown you. Just all this bad stuff around being gay and it really goes to show you how homophobic some people can be it's really sad and I will say to this day it haunts me I know not all churches are like that but to this day I have to be very mindful when I have kids of what church I would bring them to I'm at even a point where I don't know if I'm going to even bring my kids to church or I'm, I'm, I'm going to even bring myself to go to church. You know, it's so bad that people can tell me about their churches and I kind of get triggered by even hearing about it because it makes me think about what I experienced mm-hmm. within the church. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yes, I just feel like it's brain control. It's mind control. I think it's brain. It can really damage your brain. So basically I mean, like a cult. Yes, this person really had me thinking that people were watching me. They, I'm going to say they, because I don't, if I sit about to say it, whatever. But yeah. they, so I'm going to say no name, but they, I don't want to say he, she, none of that. Mm-hmm. They convinced me that somebody was calling them on the phone. And telling them things about me. Basically, they were saying, they wouldn't even tell me who the person was. They would say, oh, um, they say at school, if they see you looking at another girl, they're going to call your mom or tell on you. And you're going to get caught. And I think that was a scare tactic. Definitely a scare tactic. So my thing about this is, right, he thought he was, sorry, They. they thought they were doing something good. By doing that because they knew you were gay, not telling people that you were, which is okay because you can never disclose anybody else's sexuality. I get it. But him scaring you was toxic. There was no point in that. Right. You should have just said, I'm uncomfortable. He should have just been like, I'm uncomfortable with this. 
I don't know what to do about this. I don't agree with this. I'm not comfortable with it. Instead of all the other stuff that you are about to say because you didn't tell them yet. Right. That he did. And I just feel like back then I didn't know what grooming was. Mm. I didn't know what that meant. You know, you were such an innocent little kid. You didn't know a lot of anything because you weren't exposed to it, you know? Yeah. So grooming, and I'm going to give you guys the definition, is when, now now I'm not talking about a fucking you grooming a dog or cat. Duh. I'm talking about sexually grooming to people that don't know, to maybe even young listeners. It's when a person slowly manipulates you to gain trust and sexual favors. Mm -hmm. Now, the person did not touch me sexually, but I believe the conversations were sexual and inappropriate. Oh, honey, you don't believe it was a thing. You told me, and that's inappropriate. And people be like, oh, at least they didn't touch you. Huh? So that's what you expect? That's, That's crazy. Nah. From what you told me, it's inappropriate. You got to look at it. Like, if you had kids, would you be okay with some, with them being? Would you be okay with a fifty-year-old? Yeah. So you talking say, to a twelve-year-old, talking about their sexual, saying they're beautiful, saying how if they was younger, they would date you. You would, they could get you out of being gay, stuff like that. Like, or even that's not okay. Or telling you there's, imagine. You at your 50-year-old old age telling a 12-year-old about your sexual experiences with other women and then saying, oh, norm- oh, normally when girls are gay, I turn them out of it. Like, that's literally grooming. That's disgusting because how are you? I can't imagine a 50-year-old saying that to a 12-year-old. Right. As a 50-year-old, why are you even talking to a 12-year-old? What do you guys even have to talk about? What do you guys have in common? And it's crazy. With this situation, rest in peace, to my grandmother's soul, I love her so much. And as a grown woman, I really love her for this. As a kid, I would be on the phone with this person over her house. I would use the house phone because there was we didn't have cell phones then. I was too young, and yeah. it would be on the we would be on the phone for hours. And she'll be like, "Amber, get off that phone." Yeah, because she'll be she'll phone. be mad. And I used to, when I was younger, I was I didn't know no better. Yeah, you was I stupid. was mad at my grandma. You was dumb. You was dumb. I was mad at my grandmother and I was like, why is she being like this? Why is she doing that? I'm trying to get help. But as an adult, I'm looking back like, no, I was not getting help. I was getting manipulated. But in your mind, you didn't know you were getting manipulated. You just thought, how do I say this in a way that's not, you know, problematic. You just, you wanted help and nobody was available to give you help. So you went to a person that you thought would give you help because your person that you are close to, they idolize a certain person. Mm -hmm. So you thought if you go to that person, they would help you out and they did exactly the opposite. Also, everyone else was going to this person for help. So, you know, so I thought it was okay. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know what? I got to think about even me being 28, you wouldn't even catch me talking to a 12 year old Mm -mm. for five minutes. Well, not about the type of stuff y'all talking about. That's crazy. Yeah, so it just shows. The only way I could see is if he was gay himself 
and then I mean, if they was gay themselves and they was just trying to tell you like, oh, okay, you're gay, whatever. But it wasn't that. It was more to the fact of I don't agree with this. Let me groom you. Let me say these certain things. But you're being sneaky in the process. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And what hurts me the most about it is there's family members that still go to the place, the church to this day. Many girl. And I'm not gonna joke about it, but it's not a joke. Um, no, it's not that. I'm just saying I can't even I'm disgusted. What did I say? It's many people to this day that think I'm lying on this person and my question is what am i gonna gain from that what what is what is that gonna do for me lying about this situation it's not gonna put money in my pockets it's not gonna make me richer it's not gonna make me happier it's not gonna do nothing i'm simply just telling my story and i swear to god sometimes i wish somebody picked up the house phone and listened in on those conversations and overheard it themselves. But there was, I do have one proof. One day the person was preaching in the pulpit. Is that what they call it, a pulpit? I don't know. I don't know I'm not a church girl. And they was like, Amber is so fine. She's fine like wine. And they was bouncing around, dancing around. You was a 12 Just getting excited. I was in middle school. And I just oh, feel no. like you said that in front of your wife. You said that in front of your kids. And no one batted a fucking eye. No, because they said, oh, they was trying to give you confidence. Okay, well, listen, honey. I'm trying to keep it. Listen, a- honey. Listen, honey. A bitch might have had a low self-esteem, but no 54-year-old nigga could give me the confidence right. I really wanted. Okay. Yeah. That's that's one thing. So cuz that, that's that's a slap in the face. Of course. And you that, think I need male validation I was just about to, say to that. feel confident? I was just about to say and that's when you instill your beautiful like if I had a daughter and they were calling themselves ugly, that's when I would tell them like Okay, so why do you think you're ugly? Oh, because people were telling me they're ugly. Oh, blah, blah, blah. People ask, I would say, okay, and who cares about what other people think? What do you think about yourself? Who cares? It doesn't right. matter what other people... That's when you have to instill that. Not have an old, a old-ass 50-year-old they tell you you cute, you pretty. Who cares about that? And constantly... And constantly saying it. You shouldn't. Like, oh, you're so gorgeous. Your your smile brights up the whole room. I consider that flirting. Then telling me if if I was your age, I would have got you out of being gay. I would have dated you. That's flirting love. That No, that's beyond flirting. That's being a pig. Told me all the people that they had sex with. That's, inappro- that's um, really inappropriate. That they had sex with people that were gay like me and they ended up not being gay no more. So me as a young girl, I was so naive. You took comfort. In I that. really believed that. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a way out. My mind was like, oh, there's a way out of this, because my mind was like, okay, I want to be popular. That was my whole thing. I wanted to be popular. I was not a popular kid. This was like in middle school. I was like, okay, this person said, oh, well, if you gay, you can't be popular. It's because you true. gay. 
that all this is happening to you. It's because you gay. Everything was was blamed on my sexuality. Um, yeah, that was a scare tactic. I don't know if that's necessarily true when it comes to women. Like, I'm not going to lie. You do get, but I don't know. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think he used that as a scare tactic. But at the end of the day, the stuff that he was saying to you was super inappropriate. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that nobody believes you. I, yeah. I really am. I mean, I have one family member that does believe me um, and that has addressed it and is supportive with me throughout the whole thing. But the rest don't really... I mean, I had a sister. She says she believed me, but I feel like I, we ain't going to go into that. We're not going to go into that. We're not going to go into that, but I just feel like it hurts to know that there is people in this world that would not believe a child. Even when it did happen, I said something to someone and they still, no action was really done. We still kept going to that church. To this day, they're still going to that church. And I just feel like it's a slap in the face because it's like, you must really think I'm a bad person for you to sit there not to believe me when I'm telling you what's up, what happened, what was the conversations about. Because you got to think, why would a 12-year-old stay on the phone with someone that old? you got to really, really think. I know. Really think about it. We're not talking about God for hours. You think a 12-year-old... I'm not being ignorant. You're not being ignorant at all. Do you think a 12-year-old has the attention span to talk and listen about God for two or three hours on the phone? Absolutely not. Let me tell you something. Even if it didn't have to do with God shit, I'm going to be completely honest. Not fuck all that shit, but say any... I don't feel like you're not a part of the family. Even if you are a part of the family, you got to be careful. What the fuck is a 50-year-old doing on the phone with a 12-year-old for three hours? What are we talking about? Exactly. Bro, and my grandmother said I struggle that. to talk on the phone with people for 20 minutes in my family. Three hours? What are we talking about? What's going on? What, what do you have so much in common that you're talking to late? And it doesn't matter if you want us to be on the phone longer. You are a grown-ass man. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. I mean, a grown ass day. I'm sorry. I keep with a wife and a kid. Oh uh, well, okay. You said the wife and the kid. They know it's not a they. They know it's a him, babes. Like you, I don't care. You fucked it up. You already said that. He. <laughs> but anyways, like the most thing that I try to tell her is just please. I know it's hard, but please do not let it affect your whole life. And I know that's hard for me to say because. I've never been through this situation. And then when she's told me these stories, I have been so mad. I'm like, huh? Like, what happened? Like, it gets me angry. And I be telling her, like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. We don't have to reiterate what happened. I'm here for you. Fuck all that other shit. Don't matter what other people think. I'm here for you. Who cares what other people think, you know? So I try to reiterate that to her because... She told, she said, like she said on a podcast, a lot of people don't believe her. It doesn't matter what they think. Right. The person who did it, they know what they did. Between you and him, 
he know what the fuck he did. And when he die, I mean, have to live with when that. they die, they gonna have to live with that shit. And if they some type of, I'm not gonna say their title, but clearly you know what their title is. You know that nigga gonna burn in hell. Yeah. Yep. And I have no shame. We Straight have no like shame that. in saying that because I know what happened. I know it's true. I don't, I don't give I don't care about the title. I'm gonna say what it is. I don't care. I don't care. Either way, for what he did to you, he knows what he did. And he's gonna have to sleep with that every single night. But I'm pretty sure you're not the only person, love. I know you're not. You're not the no, only person. There's so many people. If he did that to you, this. imagine no. If he did that to you, how many other people you think he did it to in that place? Or in other establishments, or before he even got that title, what do you think he was doing? Holmes probably been a pervert his whole life, right? And he was—he t- used to tell me about this girl that looked just like me that used to walk up and down the street. Okay, so he's a girl, and was she a- was showing pictures. But how old was she? She was still young. My point exactly. And he she was showing pictures of her body or something oh, okay. at his doorstep. I don't know. Ex- Remember exactly what was said, but was said about she was showing him photos, taking pictures and send it, showing it to him. Let me tell you something. You don't just like one person. If you, you don't like, for example, these perverts, you're not the only one. Mm-mm. It's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. But we going we gonna to get back to it. Yeah. So I feel like he knew what he was doing this whole time. I, they was doing this whole time. I don't care. We don't say he yeah, I don't care about like the whole whatever. At the end of the day, you're 40 years old. You know what you're doing. Like, you'll never catch me talking to a 12 year old unless I, like, I'm just being nice to them and I feel bad for them. You're not gonna catch me really like having a. But you think I'm gonna talk to a 12 year old on the even? I'm 27. You think I'm gonna talk on the phone with a 12 year old for four hours? You got me fucked up. What are we even talking about? Exactly. But you're 50, you're doing it. We know you're a pervert. Oh, this is what we were saying. We were saying how you're not, you're definitely not the first and one. There was someone trying to say it was a cousin. Yeah, bitch, I'm talking about you. This is the most hurtful shit ever. So no one could really tell me, oh, don't post this, don't say nothing. No, I, I have a right to speak off because it was really a slap in the face. One had a nerve to say that I was put, put like, put it, pushing myself on him. Like, I kept calling him. Was that the same one that said that you were pushing yourself on her? Yep. That made me think she a little gay. Because why? That was weird. It's like, I'm going to tell you something. Why are you comparing? I'm going to tell you something about me. A lot of people, they see me, they don't know I'm gay. Right? But then when they find out, they be trying to flirt with me. Or they be trying to, like, be weird around me. And I'm just like, why do you feel that way? You must have. So you might be gay. Yeah, because if I'm straight and I'm around a gay person and they don't tell me they're gay, but now you're over here saying, "Oh well, I feel like she is because she was trying that gay shit with me." No, bitch, you're gay, and that's why you're thinking that. Do you get what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. that's not really a thing at all. Trust me, hun. And now you're trying to say incest because why the fuck would you be pushing on your fucking cousin? Right. And it was like a cousin. He so-called looked up to. We'll say some shit like that. I don't that, know so. why you're looking up to bitches anyway. I don't look up to no one. Right. So I'm going to end this um, shortly because I don't want to. You don't want to harvest on it. I don't want to harvest on it. Past the past. But I want to read you guys. I think I read them this before. Babes. And listen, when we was talking about the whole Drake situation. Not Drake. 
Jay-Z situation, if you was a millionaire for your poems, those would be the same fucking cousins hitting you up for money. Right. Please. Or if not, watching your every fucking move. Right. So this poem is called If You Love Me. Trauma from mental and sexual abuse. No one believes me. They don't think that I'm telling the truth. My words aren't enough. They need the proof. I was only 12 years old using a health phone. There isn't much evidence. They want me to let it go. They say I must focus on the present tense. I think about all the hurt all the time. You are not allowed to tell me what to leave behind. You don't live in my mind. My family asks me, why didn't I say anything sooner? Why are you lying on him? Why are you spreading rumors? If I say his name in this book, they say that I'll ruin his life and his career. He shouldn't have did what he did, but you don't even care. I remember I was a young girl battling with my own sexuality. I couldn't be myself. I had to hide it from my family. I lacked individuality. I was told that having sex with a man will make me not gay anymore. He said that he could turn me out. No one else fully knows the truth, despite what they heard about. If you loved me, you'll be calling me on the phone and listen to my side of the story instead of calling other people about me. You will try to hear me instead of calling me a liar. You will face the truth. You will advocate for me instead of staying mute because I would do the same for you. My words will be enough proof. You are so afraid to face the truth. If you love me, you will believe me instead of calling me a liar. If you love me, you will believe me when I say that he wanted to fulfill his sexual desires. I confined it in this man. I spoke to him about me pick, being picked on at school. And he said that my sexuality is to blame. He told me that he would date me if he was my age. So one thing I want to say, I feel like that is one of your most powerful poems in that book. And I feel like it's the most powerful poem because that shit really, it affected your life. Yeah. So I feel like you put so much into it. So I'm just going to give you a round of applause. Thank you. Because I feel like that poem was really beautiful. And I love the way you said how you feel. And then after you did it, the way you closed it up like that. It was beautiful. You did your shit. I feel empowered. Usually after reading that poem, I'll feel anxious, panicky, um, sick. But right now I feel very empowered. And I want every girl to know in this world that if you've been groomed, um, sexually abused, mentally abused, physically abused, I want you to know that you're not alone. And don't be afraid to tell your story and share your story with the world because there's women out there and men out there that can relate to you on so many levels. And as long as you are a woman, there will always be people calling you a liar. You agree? That I do agree. And I thank you guys all for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to pick up my poetry book on Amazon. It's called Falling by Amber Rache. Or, or like, just even if not, just get it from the Windsor Library if you are local. Yes. Thank you guys so much, and I hope you have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.